The NFL playoff pitcher is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice and if it loses, you'll get a free bet backup up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? I really enjoy using the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's easy and everything is at your fingertips. And all you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code SOTS. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook once again, use the promo code SOTS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And if you or someone you know that is dealing with a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be assessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLING. That's 1-800-426-2537. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. Yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Thank you to everybody that's here, those that are following into the chat, those that are watching this live, because this is indeed live on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, thank you so much for allowing the State of the Saints podcast to be a part of your listening uh, pleasure. Uh, before I get started, 
Uh, we got some uh, a little bit of some some news uh, that I want to uh, let everybody know about. Uh, the State of the Saints podcast, um, unfortunately, uh, will be uh, no more. Um, <laughs> and, and it's not a bad thing. OK, um, I, I have decided um, that I want to expand uh, the State of the Saints podcast, the SOTS brand itself. And it's now going to be known as the State of the Saints podcast network. So um, as of today, um, starting today, uh, we have the State of the Saints podcast network. And with that, um, I'm asking people to bear with me. Um, this page will no longer just be exclusive to the State of the Saints podcast. No, this this page itself that you're probably watching this if you're on YouTube or you're watching this on Facebook or you're watching this on Twitter, um, it's going to be uh more content, more podcasts that are going to be available to you. Now, I know some people may just want to roll the State of Saints podcast. That's fine. But we want to be able to give other people options as well. And we're not going to just be covering the New Orleans Saints with the State of Saints podcast. We're going to be uh, doing more NFL. We're going to be talking about uh, boxing. We're going to be talking about NBA. Um, we're going to be dedicating a podcast to that. And, of course, the Therapy Couch podcast, the promo that you've seen at the beginning of the show, will also be available on the State of the Saints podcast network YouTube channel that we're on uh, as of today. So more content, um, State of the Saints podcast, the show itself is not going anywhere. So I don't want to get any, let everybody know. I don't want anybody to get worried about that. OK, it's still going to be here, still going to be available, but we're just going to be putting more content up that for people to enjoy um and i'm probably i'm going to be starting with just uh two other podcasts but i'm i'm pretty sure that i'm probably going to be putting more podcasts out there uh in the future and probably going to be working with certain individuals that might have aspirations of, of starting a podcast of their own but that's probably that's going to be laid on down the line i'm going to be focusing on this podcast as well as the other two that i'm going to be uh you know reeling out um it starts um this weekend with wild card weekend um the nfl podcast um that we're going to have um i'll i'll premiere that name of that show on tomorrow um that's going to be focused on uh the nfl and of course the therapy college podcast is going to be back uh back this week so uh keep it locked right here to the uh, state of saints podcast network and uh we'll have so much uh content uh for those and once again like i said i know some people just want to hear saints news and that's fine um, I have no problem with that, but want to be able to expand, you know, because I, I said this before, there's so many layers to to me as a broadcaster, as a podcaster, as a person. And there's a lot of things that I want to talk about, um, you know, and I know there's a lot more things that you all can talk about. So um, just want to give you all um, more options to choose from and more content that you can enjoy. So just wanted to go ahead and let you all know about that. And hopefully uh, some of you. Uh, you know, take part in some of the podcasts and programs that we have available here on the State of Saints Podcast Network. All right, but let's go ahead and talk about the topic of conversation. Let's talk about what we need to discuss. All right. Um, Coach Dennis Allen. Uh, Coach Dennis Allen. Uh, it, it looks um, as if, you know, the New Orleans Saints are going to bring him back again in 2023. Um, it's quiet around the home front. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, everybody has – you know, got their stuff and they moved their stuff out the locker room. And, you know, a couple of days have went by on uh, the New Orleans Saints 
uh, got embarrassed by the Carolina Panthers uh, losing by a score of 10 to 7 in week 18, the final game of the season. And it just left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. I, I don't know how we watched this team the entire season, watching these guys wet the bed game after game. And for this game to just sting the way that it does, I think everybody should have been surprised. They shouldn't have been surprised at what they saw, <laughs> but we were. And, um, you know, you look at this team, and I'm very, very concerned about uh, the New Orleans Saints going forward. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that's defending Dennis Allen. Um, a lot of them are inexperienced Saints fans. And what I mean by inexperienced Saints fans, I mean those Saints fans that don't, don't know anything outside of Sean Payton and Drew Brees, but they want to give you a history lesson about what the Saints need. Like, no disrespect to anybody that's in their mid-20s, early 30s, but your your judgment is skewed a little bit. Unless you're like a, a huge historian of the New Orleans Saints, you really don't know where this organization has been. Like, like people my age and people a little bit older understand. And we know that the New Orleans Saints organization was trash. Uh, it was bad. It was terrible. It, it was not good. And we don't want to go back to those situations. See, they're looking at, oh, you know, Sean Payton didn't always uh, have a good record. Sean Payton wasn't always a good coach. And they're comparing him to Sean Payton, which is absolutely laughable because you're basically putting Sean Payton's lowlights up against Dennis Allen to make him match up, which is the whole point, right? In order for you to make Sean Payton compatible with Dennis Allen, you have to bring out the lowest points of Sean Payton's career, which is a 7-9 to nine record. But if you look at Sean Payton's overall record, right, in, in his first four seasons or his first five seasons with the Saints, he still won more games than Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen has yet to produce a winning record at any co coaching stop that he has had. But yet you have people out here trying to defend this dude as if it's worth defending. Like, I, I don't understand that. It's like, it's like comparing Greg Oden to Michael Jordan, right? Well, Michael Jordan couldn't get past, and you start talking about uh, how Michael Jordan in the 80s couldn't get past the bad boy Pistons. Like, but he won six championships after that. That's, that's kind of like what it Like, people, it's amazing to me how people can... <laughs> can find ways to make their argument compelling, but when you peel back the layers, they're not saying anything at all. Like the fact that you're comparing Dennis Allen to Sean Payton is a joke. And when you start doing stuff like that, it just tells me that you don't know anything else. We see the writing on the wall here. See, this is deeper than just, it's, it's just Dennis Allen coaching. See, what people don't understand is when you have a losing culture, when you have a losing franchise, Nobody is going to want to deal with a losing franchise. So if you have a guy that is in free agency that can come in and contribute to your team and be impactful, they're not going to be interested in coming here because they feel like they don't have a chance to win. Unless the New Orleans Saints are going to replicate 2017 for the next two to three years and producing hot, fresh, athletic talent like they did in 2017 draft, then the Saints can find themselves like being one of the worst teams in the league going forward because there is nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, that is appealing 
for a for a Dennis Allen led New Orleans Saints team for anybody to be interested in. Like if I am a free agent, if I'm about to test the market and I'm a wide receiver, like I'm not interested in coming to the New Orleans Saints, even though they need a wide receiver, especially if they decide to move on from Michael Thomas. But when I look at, okay, even if they get a quarterback, I've watched the New Orleans Saints, even if a guy has certain talents, they ain't utilizing it. They they nickel and diamond guys to death. I'm watching Albert Kamara, who has been one of the best premier running backs in all of football, running and catching the ball out of backfield, become a mere shell of himself under this, this regime. I watched guys who were making plays last year don't even see the field. I'm watching defensive linemen who are known for getting sacks or getting close to double-digit sacks, not doing anything at all. I'm watching a running game who didn't uh, give up a 100-yard rush in almost two years get gashed week after, week after week. So these are the things that we're looking at. See, people just think, oh, man, you, you know, we are going to be okay. Are we really going to be okay? <clears throat> Especially in modern-day NFL, in modern-day football, when a lot of these guys, they want to be courted like they're in high school, going into going into college. Like you seem like the OBJ thing. A lot of these guys, they, they want to be courted, wine and dine. And if you can't match up, then more than likely you won't be able to get the free agent that you see. So that's the biggest concern that I have, that nobody under Dennis Allen and the way that the Saints have been playing would be interested in coming here. Uh, and people can talk about, well, you know, as long as you got the money. No, that's not true. People want to win. People want to win, especially like if you you get drafted by a team that was picking in the top five, they were losing year after year after year, and you start to get 27, 28, and you start looking your football immortality in the face, you're like, man, I want to go to a contender. That's why I have absolutely no problem if if Cam Jordan, a news come out and said that he, he wants to be traded or he wants to be released. I, I don't blame him at all. Because you don't have time to be trying to wait for the New Orleans Saints to figure it out. I mean, that's 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 the way that I feel about it. Nobody is want, going to be interested in coming to New Orleans Saints to make this team better. So you better have a really good front office and you better have some really good coordinators on your staff if you are going to get yourself out of this situation because you're going to probably have to do it with guys that you select in the draft. And you may be, be able to get you know, a, a free agent or two, but hopefully they'll be able to pan out like, you know, Demario Davis did. He wasn't a, a top free agent that was out there, but you signed him and he became one of the cornerstones of the team. I mean, the odds of that happening, again, are slim to none. There's a reason why, uh, you know, he's a guy on a very short list of individuals that have come in and have made an impact right away. I mean, him and, you know, Darren Sproles, guys like that, right, have come in and and made an immediate impact and 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 really ingratiated themselves in the Saints culture and in the community and everything else that's going on. So we'll see, man. We'll see. But I'm very concerned about where this team is going under this guy. I mean, it's just that simple. Uh, let's see. Let me, I'm going to scroll down a little bit. I know I said uh, quite a bit. Uh, thank you to everybody that uh, I see a lot of People let's uh, comment about the changing of the uh, State of Saints podcast to the podcast network. Uh, thank you all so much. I appreciate that. And I, I hope that I get all of your support. You know, uh, Barbara says, uh, I was proud of my Saints after their nine and eight season last year. I'm just disgusted this year. 
Yeah, that's because they took a step back. And even though they were nine and eight, and even though they lost, well, I want to say four straight games, they didn't look as terrible as they do in, in in certain games. They like they have this season. Like this season, it just seemed like they were just out of place. It, it seemed like Dennis Allen and and most of those losses was getting out coached. And also down the stretch, he wasn't making the right adjustments. You didn't say you you didn't say that when Sean Payton. Like Sean Payton, they just flat out lost. Like they just lost because it wasn't because of the game plan. It was just the fact that you had a lot of injuries and a lot of things that you were dealing with at that particular time. So, you know, you had to try to make it work the best way that you can. But here, it's like the Saints be, would be winning games. They would be imposing their will. It's clear that they look like the best team on the field that day, and then they'll just flat out lose. And you can't do anything but chunk that up to bad coach. That's just the way that it is. I say this every year. January is always the Saints' worst nightmare. Yeah, I mean, look, for the last two seasons, the Saints haven't made the playoffs. And I just think that we, as a fan base, need to come to the realization that we're not among the best teams in the NFC or the NFL anymore. I, I mean, I, I hate to admit that, but that's that's just the truth behind the matter. Like, the way that these guys have played, the only the only way that you feel like the Saints aren't like one of the, you know, bottom of, uh, that they're not at the bottom of the NFL is the fact that, you know, it's just your fandom. But if you're looking at it from a reality standpoint, like they're not one of the best teams in the league because they continue to find ways to lose. And good teams or great teams don't do that. They handle their business and, you know, they don't let bad teams or mediocre teams, you know, hang around and give them hope around the fourth quarter with five minutes left, right? They, they just, the good teams or the great teams go in and impose their will. And they, they leave very, they, they leave very little thought that they're not one of the best teams in the league. You know, I mean, we watched that um, on the national championship game, right? I mean, Georgia didn't waste no time slapping around TCU. Like they wanted to make a point and they did. And that's what great teams do. Just that simple. I was at the game. Thank God I only paid $9 for it. Well, I mean, if things continue to go the way that they have been going, Lord Nixon, you're going to be paying $9 for the rest of this next season because ain't nobody going to want to be there. And they're going to have to find ways to try to fill up the dome somehow. And the best way you can do it is, is make tickets reasonably priced. Uh, in some ways, I'm glad the game ended the way it did so we as a who that nation don't turn a blind eye to the trash season we had yeah you know because you had a lot of these man i'm gonna just call them trolls because i really just don't feel like anybody that has been following this team can really honestly believe that dennis allen has a place as a head coach of the saints like i i, I don't understand like how anybody can like honestly believe this like this dude has had four seasons right he's had four seasons to prove that he is a good head coach, right? Right. He's had four seasons. He had four seasons and he has he has a what? A record of what 15 and 37 or 15 and 38. So the way I look at it, like you are who you are. Like it, it's like a guy who, you know, is like Ben Simmons. At this particular point, he's not gonna be able to be a three-point shooter. He's probably always gonna struggle with uh free throws. That's just the way that it is. 
And when you look at Dennis Allen, I just think that they're trying to make him something that he's not. And he's not a good head coach. I mean, it's just going to come a time. Like It's going to come a time that you're going to have to make tough decisions and, and nip and tuck games. And I just feel like he's always going to find himself on the outside looking in. I mean, he coaches desperately. Every, like if you look at if you look at his press conferences, his press conferences are more like not giving you information, but more so like trying to convince the front office that he's doing a good job. Right. Like if you listen to Dennis Allen and the way that he speaks, it's almost like he's trying to convince them like like behind the scenes. It's like he's trying to like send a message, you know, like. He's not really talking to us. He's mostly talking to like Gail Benson and Mickey Loomis and them. Well, you know, we did some really good things today. You know, we ran the ball pretty well. You know, we didn't, you know, get the results that we wanted, but you know, we we did some really good things. You know, Andy looked uh pretty good. It's like he's trying to convince the, them that okay, you know, we lost, but you know, we did we had some good things going over here. Like when they when they win is like too like. I don't know, man. He's too animated about the wins. Like, even though they look like hot garbage the whole game, like, I, I don't know, man. I've seen games where the Saints win and then Sean Payton go to the podium, you'll think they lost because he wasn't impressed by it. But with Dennis Allen, he has this whole, I take it any way I can. Uh, we've been losing. So, you know, let me go ahead and get this win and and, and go up here and grandstand a little bit so they can see, see, I, I'm really, I'm good at coaching. Look, we won the game. Like if you if go back and listen to like his press conferences and you'll see a lot of the things that he says, you know, is not really towards the fan base or even towards the media itself is it's like he's trying to prop himself up. Or if something goes awry, it's like he trying to make an excuse for it to say, oh, you know, it was out of my hands. You know, it's almost like when he had a press conference a couple of weeks ago, uh, well, I'll say a couple of weeks ago, but one of those press conferences and he was like, uh, you know, we'll be a better team when we get Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas back. But as you can see, it took weeks after that for Michael Thomas, who'd never seen the field, and Jarvis Landry to come back. So it's just stuff like that. It's like it, you basically were saying, like, oh, it's not really our fault. Like, my hands are tied because I ain't got Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry. Like, just that type of stuff right there. I just don't think that's, like, winning mentality. Like, a, a real head coach is not going to be sitting up here talking about what they don't have. They're going to want to go to war and, you know, what, what they do have and not going to make excuses afterwards like he does. Like he he doesn't – he's very unapologetic about the way that this team is looking. And it seemed like to me like even though, you know, most of the time when things are going bad with a team, you know, you're supposed to look at the head coach. And it seemed like to me like he don't want even – he don't even want anybody to look at him. It's like, oh, it, it ain't my fault. Look look how good the defense doing. Well, the defense does look good, but that's not the only thing you're supposed to be doing. Like if the team looking bad, that's a reflection of you. If guys are undisciplined, that's a reflection of you. If guys are not calling the right plays, that's a reflection of you because you need to understand situational football even if, even if the people on your staff don't. So – but if, like I said, if you listen to the press conference, this is not for us. It's for the it's for the Saints trust. Uh, Dennis Allen is fifteen and thirty eight as a head coach. That's horrible. Some people just have to realize that he's a good DC, not a head coach. Like I think that a lot of people just think because he's good at defense, and that's the reason why they feel like they should be rolling with him. Like it, it's it's more than that. It if 
you were just a defensive coordinator, we wouldn't even be having no no problem with him. Like we'll be big up in D8 because he's a really good coordinator. He he knows defense. He's really good at that. Nobody's going to say anything, but you are a head coach. So when people start talking about, well, the defense did this, defense did that, like that's not the way it worked, right? You know, it, it's almost like, oh, I'm a CEO of a business. My office is clean. Can you smell it? Can you smell the Lysol when you first walk in? Do you see how clean my desk is? But then when you walk out the door, they got trash all over the floor, papers from faxes all over the place. Uh, you know, you got, you know, the, the break room got old, you know, noodles in there and stuff like that. And old food people used to eat like you, you concerned about how your office look, but this is your building. So when somebody actually walks in and they see, you know, your name on top of the building and you're on the top floor and your, your, your office is clean. I mean, they going to look at the entire building. Your office is clean, but the entire building, like what, what's the, what does that smell? That's like, what is that old bananas? Like what, what are we doing here? Like you can't just focus on one particular part of of the of the organization. You can't just focus on one side of the ball. And I just think that some people don't understand it or they just fail to understand that. Or you just got people who who just want to go against the grain. Like there are real legitimate contrarians out here. Like people will look at a bunch of people in agreement and be like, you know what? You know, I think things need to go this way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And then all of a sudden, like, they spending like five, ten minutes trying to think of something they can counteract that, even though in the back of their mind, they feel like, yeah, it's probably not the right thing. But that's how people do it. Like, because they they realize that contrarian behavior is the new way, like going against the grain, like making statements that can be considered unpopular opinion. They, they feel like that would gravitate to them because all of a sudden when a person's strolling and they see something that just completely outrageous, then all of a sudden like they'll stop and just want to make a comment about it. And they realize that's going to gravitate and draw people to what they're actually doing. But there's no way in the world like a person can convince me that Dennis Allen is a good coach. And there's nothing about Dennis Allen that deserves us even believing that he's a good coach. And you know, people have this hope and all that kind of stuff. I'm just wondering, like, is this actually legitimate, like, feelings that they have? Or is it something that they just feel like is going to give them attention? Because, I mean, th their talking points just makes no sense. Like, you basically have to suspend reality in order for you to make Dennis Allen a better coach. Like, he he's not a good coach. He he's not. I think Dennis Allen is a great fit for the Saints. Jameis Winston should be the starter, quarterback, Buck Nation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you do if, if you're a Bucks fan. Like, I would want Dennis Allen to, to be the head coach of the Saints, too. It comes down to situational uh, coaching of halftime adjustments, and D.A. has proven he doesn't check off uh, those uh, val uh, valuable boxes. When we talk about a head coach, he's not built or made to be a head coach. It's not in him. I just think when it comes to halftime adjustments, they're non-existent. They're non-existent. I don't see, I don't see adjustments. Like, do you see adjustments? I'm just wondering. Like, do you see adjustments? I don't. I don't see any adjustments. What I see is a guy who comes out with a game plan in the first quarter. Game plan ain't gonna lie. In the, in the first quarter, for most games, their game plan looks really well. Like Andy Dalton comes out there, he's looking good. Uh, running game looking good. Offensive line looking good. But then. When it's time to go in the locker room, those 15 minutes when the other team is making the adjustments, 
it seems like to me, I don't know if they grandstanding or they eating, you know, they, they trying to, you know, eat bananas and, and, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and stuff like that in order for them to, you know, not cramp up and nobody's listening to anything. I don't know. Checking phones. I, I don't know what the heck they doing. But it just seemed like to me, like that old classic uh, interview after that, that Arizona Cardinals game, it just seemed like he just saying, keep doing what you're doing. And they don't make any adjustments. And then all of a sudden you see them struggling and trying to hold on to a lead for dear life. And if that defense slips up at any time, like, I don't know, give up a big play or something like that, the offense does not do anything. They cannot move the football. They cannot make plays. They play not to lose instead of playing to win. I've seen very few games where the Saints actually played to win. i only seen one, to be honest with you, and that's the Raiders game. What game can you really point to and say that the Saints played to win? Maybe week one against Atlanta? You know? I mean, you probably can – I mean, they were very undisciplined during the game versus the Vikings. I mean, I guess you can probably throw that in there, but there were very few games that the Saints actually played to win because they're, they're a scared franchise. They're very, very scared. They're very, very cowardly, you know, the way that they actually they approach the game. Like – the, the Saints approach the game like a guy who hits somebody in the face and runs. That's that's how it is. Like walks up to a guy, swow, punches him right in the face and just start running down the street. Like that's that's what it is. And the guy starts chasing after them. You just hoping that the guy don't catch you. That's that's what that's what the Saints do, right? They 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 throw the first punch and then they get into the fetal position in the corner and just try to absorb the kicks the kicks and the punches. Like tell me, am I wrong? But I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines, man. I'm going to open up the phone lines here today. I want to hear from you all. What do you all think about the Saints uh, 2023 season? Um, what do you think about Coach Dennis Allen? What do you think about the Saints going forward? All right. And also, if you have any questions for me in, in regards to anything else, just go ahead and put it put it in the comments. I already I think I put the link. Did I not? Okay. Maybe I did. Um, put the link down in, in the chat here, and uh, we'll go from there. But in the meantime, I'll read some more of your comments. It says, uh, hell on no. <laughs> I don't see no adjustments in the second half at all. Each and every game adjustment is non-existent. Even when we are winning, I still don't uh, see adjustments. Yeah, I, I don't either. What I see is a team that's just trying to hold on for their life. That's what it is. Quinn, how you doing? We're going on level. Uh, what, what you got for us, man? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> my whole thing about this whole thing is, first of all, he do need to get on. That's for facts. Two, you know, my thing is, you know, one of my biggest problems with bro is when something works, he don't stay with it. If you paid attention to all the, all the games we've been having, right, the ones when the people that we – it's like – it's hard. To, let me see how I explain it. The people that step up, he don't use them. Like what the Rashad do. You see how late he, how 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 long it took him to keep using him until he start realizing it's working. Stuff like that. Like stuff like, like that little stuff right there is the problem. You get what I'm saying? You don't use Alvin that much this year at all. You didn't use the man as much. You didn't really let him do his thing at all. Um, you didn't. You really didn't give James a fair chance to really do his little thing. You should at least. I felt like at one point you should at least let him come back and at least try one game or at least a quarter or something so he can at least do something. I think what happened this year, I think the team gave up on him, not on us. 
You get what I'm saying? I think it's one of those situations, just like how the Nets was with, with Steve Nash. Like, they just wanted him gone. Now they could start winning. You get what I'm saying? I feel like it's one of those situations where they they he needs to go because he lost the locker room, basically. I think he lost that locker room. And I think that made them not play the way they should have been playing. Because at the end of the day, we still have the top defense. You know what I'm saying? Our defense not trash. It's just our offense wasn't finishing. And the offense wasn't finishing because a lot of times it was actually the play calling, the people he put in, and how he moved it. He didn't he didn't manage time correctly. You know, it's a lot of things he he did so much wrong. Where it's like, bro, you have to, you have to. If they keep this man, I I don't know. I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't know. If they keep him, I don't know. I don't think I can watch next year because it's like, to be honest, I feel like all the games they won, they won on their own. They didn't win with him. Just yeah. like you were saying about the Falcons game, that was not nobody but Jameis. That was literally his game at that. He made he literally turned that game up the way he did. He did the defense. It was the defense and Jameis. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I feel like all the games they won, it was all based off of the team, not him. I feel like he's not, like you said, he's not, he don't take chances. He's too conservative for me. He need to, especially this, especially this era of football, you can't do that no more. This is a fast paced game. You got everybody running around. You can't, you can't be trying to play too slow. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's like now, if you look, if so, you know, I've been frustrated, ho, yeah. You know, that's, I've, I've been waiting to call in. I ain't want to call in no time until the season was over with because at first I thought we were going to – I ain't going to lie to you. Until we lost that other game, I thought we were going to get in the playoffs. I was like, mm, we're going to get in. I still want him fired, though. I ain't going to lie to you. But I just wanted us to get some playoffs. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, man, I just feel like we just need to get a new head coach, get somebody else that can have that team doing what they're doing. I feel like – they just need somebody that's going to allow the team to be what they are. He's not using them, and he's not letting them do what they do, and that's the biggest problem. I like That's why I feel like everything is going the way it went. It's because of him. He's not He's not a good coach, and we all see it. Stay in the back. That's all. I feel like any other coach we get, we're going to be good. Just because they need to just they, – they, 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 I think people don't realize how much of a culture the Saints have on his own. I feel like they built the bigger culture so much that he. I felt like he was one of them people be in the background. Like when when Sean Payton was coach, he'd be like, "Oh, I want to do that." You know, you know them people. You know them people that be in the background hating on you when you doing something. You, you and then they get a chance and they don't do it. That's what I feel like he was one of them. He ain't doing that right. I don't like this. I don't like that. Now you need to stay in the back. Just be a, just be assistant. Cause just, just do what you do. You're a decent coach. That's all you need to be doing. Well, but, I, think, I think the thing about it, Quinn, is um, I think when it when it came down to it, I just think that he wanted to instill a little bit of his his own little spin on it. You know, like people, I, I mentioned this. You have a lot of individuals that don't really know life outside of Sean Payton. Mm. You know, like for six, for fifteen years he was the head coach. For fifteen years they did certain things certain ways. Mm-hmm. So I just think that he wanted to put his stamp on the team. I, I think that he had good intentions. Um, but I just think that later on we all realized that one, he he's not showing Peyton and two, like he's not an effective coach. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that you can have him on the sidelines. And I, I think that in times he, he can do things and he has like good qualities, but when it comes down to it, when it matters most, I just think that you're going to continue to have the same things happening over and over again. 
Mm-hmm. It, like, it might go away for a while, like, but eventually, you know, it's going to rear its ugly head. And that's what happened in week 18. Like, yeah. Look at it like it, it was the, it was the same recipe that has gotten them beat in a lot of these these nip and tuck games like, to, you know, that could have got them into the postseason. So I just think that it's mm-hmm. going to be that way, no matter no matter who you put into this situation. Like you could put a bomb offensive coordinator out there that can that can come up with all these different offensive concepts. But these teams in the NFL are really, really good, dude. So mm-hmm. there's going to come a time where you might be putting up some a bunch of points, like like the game versus Seattle. The Saints put up some good, you know, a mm-hmm. lot. Of but at the same time, Seattle was right there with them, right? The defense wasn't effective, and it's mm-hmm. going to come down to you making the right decision. And as we can see more times than not, he didn't. And I just think that that's where we're going to be at. So I just don't understand, like, what ha- what did they see from him? Because I think – Like, just make it a no-brainer. I, I think it's because – like, If you – look, even if they – Quinn, even if they said this, and I, I'll let you speak, man. Even if they said this, like, man, we might just want to, you know what I'm saying, see what's out there, talk to somebody or something. Mm-hmm. And then they come back into it and be like, you know what, I think we're going to like, retain them. But it's like it's a no-brainer. Like this mm-hmm. man, like has confidence on Monday morning after an embarrassing loss like that. So somebody told him they they had to tell him this weeks ago. You can say that they said that after the game, but the way that they have approached this and how everybody just all quiet and stuff like that, you don't really hear nothing mm-hmm. from anybody. It just seemed like to me the Saints care too much about saving face, about their reputation, and also saving the face of these coaches when they don't even deserve it. Like mm-hmm. seriously. Too many people care about other people's feelings, man. You can't be like this. Not not running an effective business and not running an effective football team. Period. Oh, you I, got th- I, I think if the right, I think if the right player say something, he gonna be gone. I think it's just one of them situations. And the only reason why they they brought him and they let him be there in the first place from the beginning is because they thought he was gonna keep that tradition alive of he he know how it run and that's why I was like that's the problem that's why we lost uh, we was losing the way we was losing and it's crazy because if you think about the games we was losing you like bro we should have literally won these games most of the games we lost we should have actually won we literally we literally beat ourselves literally and it's all because of what he was doing yeah and it's crazy like it's that's why it was so sad to read really to watch this season because it's like they not even losing the way you'll be thinking they losing like they really not losing bad you'll be thinking they losing about 20 or something like these folks not really losing that bad yeah it's crazy i mean it's I, honestly you, you got to give them props with this is because his defense you know t- turned the corner and they've been pl- mm-hmm. they were playing really really well but uh, all i'm saying is it's gonna come a time when it's when it, we were talking situational football mm-hmm. come a time when you will have to make a tough decision and, and that decision is going to be the deciding factor if you win or if you lose, and more times than not, the decisions that he makes down the stretch gets the Saints beat. But uh, Quinn, I, I got to go ahead and go, man. I got to go ahead, go ahead. I got to get to. But uh, thank you so much for your comments, man. All right, bro. All right take care. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, Quinn made some good points. You know, like it, I just think that when it comes down to it, you can't care. You can you cannot care about people's feelings when you're trying to build a, a good, successful football team, and. um I'm just like the only way and the only reason why I feel like the New Orleans Saints are retaining Dennis Allen is because of his ability to be able to coach defense. And and, and bear with me. okay? and I'm going to get to Barbara. 
the Saints realize that no matter who the quarterback is, right, if you go out into free agency and you sign a quarterback or if you, you know, get a good uh, trade for Sean Payton, let's just say you draft a young, you know, quarterback that you think is going to be the future of the franchise, they're going to need to rely on a defense in order for them to, you know, learn and adjust and build because they're going to make some mistakes. Even if you bring in a free agent, that's probably going to be a completely different offense that you run it. So you're going to have to rely on the defense. But to me, look, I'm not in that business. I'm not in a business of keeping somebody around because they got that particular quality. Like still, you know, like what are you doing? Like at the expense of what? You know, like, okay, you bring this guy in. Okay, you have a bomb defense. You're giving them opportunity to develop. But it's still going to come a time when you're going to have to make these adjustments. Are you and are you going to, you know, bring in a coordinator that is going to, you know, be conservative just like you have your same type of mind frame? Is he going to be Pete Carmichael 2.0? Or are you going to allow this individual to go out there and ball out? It, it's times where the Saints need to push the football and they still being conservative trying to nickel and dime it. it it's like the, down the field don't even exist. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like down the field doesn't even exist. Like, there's, you know the type of game it's going to be. Like, if if a down the field play isn't put into the Saints' first 15 scripted plays, probably not going to happen for the rest of the game. So I understand, like, probably why they feel like, okay, we're going to bring back Dennis Allen because no matter who we bring in, we need our defense to be on point. But – I, I still still feel like you don't have the same results because, like I said, it, it don't really just come down to the way that they're playing. It, it's about making these it, these adjustments in certain situations, and they have not been able to do so. But uh, but we're going to go ahead and go to Barbara. Barbara, how you doing? I'm good, TJ. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, thank you for calling in. Uh, what you got for us today? I have some words. Mm-hmm. And the first two are distance and dishonesty when i'm watching dennis allen interact with his players you know i feel like or it looks like to me that there's a certain distance between him and them and i say that because what it feels like you know i don't feel like that this man is down here in the trenches with me okay and the dishonesty part you know uh Take how he dealt with Jameis and his injury, okay? How can anybody trust you if you're not going to tell the truth? First, if you're not going to tell the truth to them. Next, if you're not going to tell the truth to the people who support you, okay? The next two words, security and safety, which is how they decided to choose their head coach. There was never any competition. Dennis Allen was going to be head coach, and that's just the way it was. Uh, the safe thing to do. And that's the way they played all season. The safe thing, the secure thing. Okay. Instead of taking those chances that you need to take, you know, those intangible things that you need to do in order to win a close game. Okay. And trust, trust. We all if we're going to all be in something like this together, we all have to trust each other. We all have to trust that each of us is doing our best. We all have to trust that the man up at the top 
is doing the best he can for this team. And that was not evident this season. Yeah, it, def it definitely wasn't. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, well, it, when I when I think about it, like, I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. But when I think about it, there are certain decisions that were made. I have to say that we, we kind of should have saw the writing on the wall. And one of those one of those decisions were the co-defensive coordinator thing. Now, I know people don't want to look at that. Yes. I mean, they look they, they're like, oh, you know, both guys are good. But your inability to make a decision. And why didn't you make that decision? You probably didn't make that decision because you probably didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings or make somebody feel some type of way. That is what I'm saying. Like, when you're trying to coach a football team, when you're trying to run an organization, you can't care about feelings. You can't care about those type of things. And I, I also feel like when he goes to the podium, he's not holding guys accountable because, once again, oh, I'm a first-time head coach. I want these guys to play for me. So even though this guy goes out here and he's fumbling the football, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say, like, you know, those are things that we just can't do. No, no. It, you got to have like that same energy. I don't know if you you saw this, but Sean Payton well, was on a show with um, uh, Kay Adams. And uh, I think Mark Ingram uh, came on there and he basically told him, he was like, you and Alvin, stop fumbling the football. And he, he kind of got like taken back by it. But you can see in Sean Payton's eyes like he was really like serious about that. And he didn't care about how he felt about it. And I just think that when it comes to Dennis Allen, when you look at him, I mean, he goes to the podium and it seems like he doesn't want to rattle the cage or hurt anybody's feeling. So if you're going to continue to be like that, I just think that you're giving people grounds to push, push and run and push and run over you. And I think that's what is what it was. I, I think they respect him to a certain level, but I don't think that they respect him all the way. Like it, it's not like on, on a level where if Sean Payton say something, they kind of straighten up a little bit or they know that he's serious. Like, Look at all the mistakes that they made. How many guys have you seen come in to try to replace a Alvin Kamara when he fumbled or Mark Henry when he fumbled or Will Lutz when he was missing field goals? Nobody. So it's like, okay, I miss. Okay, uh, do better next time. Okay, I will. And that's a wrap. So if you're going to continue to run an organization like this, we're going to be in the same situation. You know, like a guy's going to just go out there and just be like whatever. And I just think that it, it was a whatever attitude uh, and – very little emphasis on trying to correct the mistakes that they did. Uh, Barbara, you got anything Already else? Already attention to detail. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. Like, no attention to detail. And God, in the way that they played is a reflection of him. Like, how he coached to try not to make the, the, you know, the wrong decision. It's like guys wasn't playing free, and it don't seem like guys were having fun out there. It was like more so like it was a job, you know? And I don't think these guys want to look at what they're doing as a job. It is a it's a privilege to play in the National Football League. A lot of people can't do it, and I think they understand it. That's what makes it so great, right, because it's, you're making a bunch of money to do something, you know, that's fun. And I don't feel like football was fun for the New Orleans Saints. It was more so of a job. And um, I just think that a lot of those players felt that, and I think that was the reflection of how this season actually turned out. Uh, but you have anything else for us? I don't feel encouraged with this next year with DA coming back because I know absolutely positively that he's going to be bringing back Andy Dalton as quarterback number one, even if they do get Derek Carr. Well, I, I think that um, if he brings back Andy Dalton, 
I think that it, it pretty much just tells the, the New Orleans Saints exactly where uh, we stand. Like, yes, the guy threw six or seven. I mean, he completed 67% of his passes, but a bunch of enter, empty calorie stats and, and stats that didn't produce anything at all. And you're just going to bring mm-hmm. him back home because he can get the ball into the hands of the playmakers. No, like it comes a time when you want to get a guy like it's fine that you got him. And, you know, he he was who he was. But you want to be able to bring a guy in that can take a step forward. And that ain't Andy Dalton. Like Andy Dalton should not be in contention to be your starting quarterback. I'm not saying that Andy Dalton is terrible. I've seen better. I've seen better quarterbacks. Of course, I've seen worse quarterbacks. But the way that he plays the game, the way that he approaches the game is he plays like a loser. I'm sorry. Like he plays like a loser. Like he 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 doesn't I, he doesn't have that warrior mentality to me. Like he, he plays he plays fearful. Yeah, he plays fearful. Like instead of like, I, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to you know, like he, he has that kind of stuff in the back of his mind. Like I want to I want a guy that that plays with a warrior mentality. That's why like if if I'm look. If I'm judging quarterbacks, like, do I feel like Andy Dalton is better as a quarterback than Taylor Heineke? Yes, I do. But I will take Taylor Heineke over uh, uh, Andy Dalton. Why? Because Taylor Heineke going to give you everything he has. Every bit of ability right. he has, he's going to try to do it. He throws an interception, like he's still going to go out there and try to throw that same play and try to get throw that 50-50 ball for Chris Olave to try to catch or Rashid Tahir to try to catch. Like, he is going to – he is going to try to make a play. And that's the difference between a guy like a Heineke and a guy like a Dalton. And I just think that if you're bringing back Dalton, you're just telling the fan base where you stand. Like you, you, you know, that you want to be, you want to do the same thing and replicate the same performances that you have all this season. But why would you want to do that? Uh, but Barbara, I want to say thank you. I appreciate you for uh, chiming in. Uh, call back anytime. Thank you. Love you, TJ. And all congratulations right. on all the great things that you're doing. I support you 100%. I, I appreciate it. I love you too, Barbara. And thank you so much for your support. All right. Take care. Yeah. I, I mean, my goodness. Like, I just, I just, I just want a, a guy that has like a warrior mentality. Not so much about, you know, it, it's not so much. If you can't get the quarterback that you want, right, let's just say if the Saints don't get a first-round pick. I mean, I would at least want to have somebody that I know is going to go out there and give it give it their all and, and not just be, like, you know, playing like they walking on eggshells or something. I, I don't know. It's just um, I, I like guys that's going to compete. I like guys that are warriors. I like guys that are not just going to take it lying down. And I just think when, when – I think – I want to say Quinn said this. Um, before I uh, get to Brian, he was talking about Rashid Shaheed. And he was talking about how Rashid Shaheed, when he first came in, um, you know, he started to make plays and it took the Saints weeks, like to adjust and, and get him a part of the game plan. Like they should have known that, like right off the bat, like, okay, we got all these guys hurt. This guy's giving us something. We need to try to put him in there. I mean, the next week, I mean, well, it wasn't the next week, but because they played on a Thursday, he caught a, you know, he caught a pass from Andy Dalton for a touchdown. So I'm like, that that should have put on your mind, like, man, this dude is making plays. But instead, it just seemed like, oh, man, well, he made a play. And then they just went back to, like, the way that it was, right, going back with the same old status quo. And I just feel like it was the same reason why they were so quick to get away from Jameis Winston, because this organization 
these coaches wanted to take the easy way out. It was more easier for them in their minds to get a guy like Andy Dalton, who is going to just basically be who he is, and you know what he's going to do, and he ain't going to do nothing more than what you're asking him to do, than a guy who has a, that warrior mentality like that of a Jameis Winston. Like, you can say whatever you want to say about Jameis Winston. You can talk about them turnovers. You can say all these different things about, oh, man, you're going to turn the ball over this, that, and the third. But one thing you can never say about Jameis Winston, as long as he was a quarterback of the Saints, you wasn't bored watching him play a uh, quarterback. And you knew that he was going to put the ball in the air for those guys to make plays. And we've seen these guys come down with the football. We've seen Callaway with one-hand snags and catching Hail Marys. We've seen Deontay Hardy getting behind the defense. We've seen Chris Olave go for almost 200 yards. We've seen Jawan Johnson out there making plays. We've seen Trey Quine freaking Smith go for 100. Like, he was putting the ball in the air, and these guys were making plays. Like, so – you can say whatever you want, but I just think that that had a lot to do with it. Like they're boring, you know. They they you know they they got no pizzazz, right? And this dude comes in and he gonna wheel and deal. And I just think that they didn't like that. I think they just wanted that conservative approach, right? He he was you know he was that uh I'm, I guess that risque picture you know that comes in the house you know that came from the art gallery, right? Like that nobody understands, but it's on the wall, right? Nobody gets it. But, you know, they, they look at, you know, um, you know, Andy Dalton. I mean, he he basically like in their eyes, the Mona Lisa, you know, what I'm saying the Picasso, like everybody, you know, like we get it right. You know, everybody like this. Like, that's just kind of the way that it was. It, it It's boring. You know, there's nothing special about it. You know I mean, but, you know, but we just going to roll with it. But we're going to go uh, go to Brian. Brian, how you doing, man? Pretty good. What's going on, TJ? Right, I'm doing OK, man. What you got for us? Man, look, I'm gonna take it a step further, TJ, bro. Like, I'm gonna take it a step further. Um, as far as the barn play with Jameis and them being conservative, man, you you, you remember on, you you watched you saw Stump the Yard, right? Yeah, I saw it. Okay, now you remember before DJ um I think it was his name, DJ or Columbus show up, but anyway, remember <laughs> before he got there, before he started stepping, and uh-huh. he was trying to bring his moves to the thing, and they was telling him. Uh no, we we not trying to shoot a rap video. And I remember when he said losing is a state of mind. He said the only reason why you trying to keep up with tradition is because you cannot keep up with the present. So in other words, you became y'all became losing to New Gamma all this time. Y'all got complacent with with just just being there. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's the same thing with the Saints, bro. I feel like they just started accepting mediocrity. Like they, I guess they figured Sean, you know, Sean was attention to detail. He pinpointed everything, dotted every eyes, crossed every T's. He did the most. He stayed up late, burned the midnight all, all the cliches. He he did the most. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we say nowadays, he did the most. But And we understand it, but we know why. And he was a motivator. That's one big thing. Dennis ain't no motivator. Sean used to keep these guys motivated, putting cheese in the locker, bringing money, saying don't take the cheese, don't take the bait, um, setting up the locker room in different situations. Even with dancing and smoke doing the Sean Payton, he knew how to relate to these guys and come and, and, and get the best out of them. Yeah. And I I guess these players look at Sean like, bro, like, I mean, not Sean, look at Dennis like, well, like what have you done? They might not say it, like, in, into his face or something like that or amongst each other out of respect, but they, I'm pretty sure they talk about it. Like, bro, we saw what you did at the Raiders. Yes, it was with Jamarcus Russell, but and we looking at this season, like, what do you have to offer? At least with Sean, when he came in, he came into a bad, a worse situation. Like I was listening to Matt Moscano and how he broke it down. Man, you 
Dennis came into a, a well-equipped. You inherited a good team in a good situation. All you had to do was not wreck it. They yep. got the ship. Sean had to build the ship, make sure everything was straight on the ship, and drive the ship. Dennis, mm -hmm. all you had to do was just drive. It was already put in place for you. That makes it look even worse. You know what I'm saying? And these players see that. They may not say it, but these Dennis is just boring, bro. He's not a motivator. And like you said, it's easy for him to relate to something – of an Andy Dalton play, which is Bourne, versus a Jameis. Because how you going to tell Bourne, how you going to put Bourne with swag? You know what I'm saying? Jameis yep. ain't through picks, but he knew what it takes. And another thing about Jameis, TJ, he never made the same mistake twice. Yep. If you see him do something one week, next week it's, 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 it's fixed or it's improved. You know what I'm saying? He, and he always willing to get better every time. Even the press conference, that's on me. It's it start with me. I got to be better. He take accountability, even if it's on me. Even when he went hooking up with Chris Olave, what he was saying, oh, oh, we're going we gonna to connect on a few of those. We're going to connect on a few of those. I'm going to keep giving it to him. We're going to keep trying until we get it. Mm -hmm. That's the mentality. Dennis is, if it don't work, okay, on to the next one. Like, no, bro. Like, he run from the moment. He don't drop his nest when he's supposed to. And I felt like, TJ, the most fun this team ever had playing, bro, was – at the last game, when they was going for it, like this last game, you see them smiling and running around. I guess because they knew it was finna be over, but I felt like they, they – I felt like that was the freest they ever played up until the second half. I felt like that was the freest – that first half of the last game, I felt like was the was the happiest and the freest they ever been, with the exception of that Raiders game. But it goes to show you, bro, like your personality. Your personality is is – is nonchalant and this team was nonchalant. You ain't got no swag. The team ain't got no swag. Like mm. you always quote Lord Julius, attitude reflects leadership. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's real, bro. You are yep. what your leader is. You are what your general says you are. You know what I'm saying? And you are a reflection of that. You are pretty much the spokesperson for this team. Because when we look, when we go back, we're not going to look at this, that. We're going to look at the coach. The first thing we're going to say is the coach. You know, Sean knew what it takes. And I'm not saying Dennis got to be Sean, but you don't have to be that piss poor either. Don't mean to say it like that, but – and it's okay to be a good coordinator, bro. Everybody not panned out to be great coaches. That's why there are Sean Paytons. You know what I'm saying? If everybody could do it, he wouldn't be great. You have to do the best thing that you're good at, bro, that got you to the position. And Sean, we kind of got to blame Sean too because Sean went out on a limb, and I feel like you got the guy in building right here. He probably thought he did. But Sean been around the game long enough. I think I, I think he was just saying that for PR. But I really feel like, you know, everybody know what was going on. And they been had this set in place. Like you say, I feel like Dennis already knew he was going to come back. That's why you didn't see no urgency. No urgency. That's another thing. No urgency. No urgency. Everything is just supposed to be laid back, chilling, in slow motion, man. So I feel like coming in the next season, we shouldn't have these high expectations like we did this offseason unless – we get a couple picks for Sean if he decides to go somewhere. And even then, like you say, we can get the players, but who we going to have to get the best out of these players, man? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I, look, I, I agree with everything that you just said. You know, I, I just think that attitude does reflect leadership. I do feel like it was a clash of uh, personalities when it comes to uh, Dennis Allen and Jameis Winston. Uh, I think that you have a lot of the traditionalists that's the reason why they back Andy Dalton because they boring they ain't got no swag or no drip themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I'm just being real. Like how can anybody 
like just get undying, unwavering support to Andy Dalton as a future. I, I see, I see people like posting stuff like, "Man, Andy Dalton, he he need to come back." Like, what what are you drinking? Like, what are you smoking? Like, what do you got your hands on? Like, did you get your hands on California's finest or something? Like, what what is going on here for you to believe this? But I'm just saying, like, you got people that are traditionalists. They they like the way that he plays the quarterback position. You got a bunch of old heads, you know, around this thing that been following football. They want people to look like Mark Rippon or, you know, or John Elway or one of these other cats out here to stand in the pocket, look strong, look tall, you know, like look like them. I'm just – some of them. I'm it's, just going to keep it a buck. It's evolving. Right, bro. Exactly. So, uh, at the end of the day, you know, I don't feel like – like you ain't about to tell me that you you got everything that you needed to see out of Jameis Winston. And you got a full sample size. You got to be like, nah, bro. Like, man, that dude got yanked so quick. Like, it was like on Showtime at the Apollo or whatever like that. As soon as the person put that first note out and then all of a sudden the crowd go, boo. You know, here comes the Sandman. Like, like, dude didn't even get a whole full sentence out. You know, y'all just ready to boo. That, that's kind of like what it was. The first sign of trouble he saw. He won. He won Andy Dalton in there, which I feel like that's what they wanted the whole entire time. Exactly. Anytime it goes that quick, bro, you were just looking for an out. You was just, you was just looking and waiting, and that was the perfect thing that come through. You didn't want him in the first place. We seen that how you showed you behind with Deshaun Watson them, and you didn't get him, so you hit Jameis with the hey, big hey, you know I was playing, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. I ain't hey, and, and I also, I also want, I also want to hear this. I, I mean, I also want to say this. For all those people out here that's talking about, well, Jameis was hurt. He was hurt. That's the reason why. Then, then riddle me this, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that D.A. knew about Michael Thomas's injury, right, that he was injured? Why was he trying to lobby for him to come back so much, but he wasn't trying to lobby so much about Jameis Winston? So if, if Michael Thomas went to got surgery and came to Dennis Allen and said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to try to go ahead and, and play. Right. You think he you think he's going to step in and be like, no, man, go ahead and have the surgery and be out for the rest of the year. No, no, he no. would have, he would have taken that dude word for it. And Michael Thomas would have been out there with a bum toe all year long trying to catch passes. You you, you weren't going to have that conversation. You care that you care so much about Jameis Winston and his health and his well-being. But you were sitting up there for weeks knowing the prognosis, knowing the situation. I don't, man, he was like, I ain't know. No, nah, you knew. Like, if them doctors didn't know the severity of that toe injury that that dude had right off the bat, then they all need to be fighting. Right. You knew knew there was a strong chance that that dude wasn't going to play. He probably was telling you, I'm going to try to rehab this thing, and you took his word for it. If Michael Thomas would have came out there and had that toe injury and it could have pushed back, you know, his, his, you know, his progress even further, he still would have let that dude go out there. So miss me with that stuff about, oh, you know, I care about his health and his well-being. No, you don't. You just nah. didn't want to do the play. Right, because you're going to call a spade a spade. If you're going to do that for one play, I do it for all of them. Not exactly. So That's what makes you look like a damn liar, which we already yep. know it is. And when Jameis, when they ask Jameis about it, he come back and tell you, when anybody tell you different, that's a lie. Man. You know what I'm saying? And and that's and that's what it is right there, bro. So DA, just like Barbara said, how could you trust? How could you trust that? Like, you don't think these guys see that? And a lot of these guys really, you know what I'm saying? They really rock with Jameis. They really, they, they really his homie. You know what I'm saying? I remember we had a show. I'm going to let you go. I remember we had a show 
uh, TJ. This chosen by the way. I don't know why it's showing brown. I, you probably caught on to my voice. But this yeah, I mean, really yeah, good. I knew it was you. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm looking yeah, at the face that brown. I'm like, why I got my name on here? But anyway, no. mm-hmm. but uh, so yeah, so I remember we had a show, TJ. You had a show, and you were saying that a lot of these guys, it, it had to be some of these players to speak on having Andy start over James in order for that to happen. A lot of these guys probably had to lobby for that. I, I feel like that's true now, but when I come back and I look at it, I wonder how much did that come into play? Did they really just did they really just say, okay, we're going to roll like that? Or did he really convince them that James was really that hurt and James ain't going to make a big scene? Because, you know, he always for the team. James ain't going to cause no scene. Right, you know what I'm saying. So it makes me, it makes me think about a whole lot of stuff, bro. That really could have been going on behind the scenes, even dating back with CJ Gardner Johnson. How much that had to play in it? Because now, if all this stuff coming out, and if Jameis speak on it, what if, what if, what if some of these other players start speaking on it? Everybody start having a Me Too moment. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. you get the hearing stuff out the camps that's going on. You know, they might drop a little hint in there with the medical staff with Michael Thomas. He do it all the time. But you know what I'm saying? Like, what if all this stuff? Is really revolving back to much deeper with Dennis Allen got going on and all that. It ain't no conspiracy. It's just a show. Oh, oh, it's not. It's not. It's not a conspiracy at all, Chosen. I mean, it's just, it's just, it, man, like, it's reality slapping you right in the face. And for those yeah. that don't want to admit that, then it is, it is what it is. Like, you just don't want to. Like, I, I you know, I, I don't understand how people can just honestly believe that when, oh, well, you know, Dennis Allen said this, so that's what it was. Like, are you are you kidding me? Like, are, are you kidding me, man? These people, these people tell you anything that is that is technically PC. You know, like like they gonna tell you that. And you got people that's like, I'm listening to what he's saying, man. These people lie to you. They just they just trying to make they want to make sure that they put your mind at ease enough in order for you to line up in the order in, in an orderly fashion to follow up in the Caesar Superdome on Sunday, man. This this team. Had a lot of like they had a lot of issues. I, I don't care what anybody said. A lot of issues, right. and I just think that that like anybody that says that they got a larger sample size, a large enough sample size in 2022 about Jameis Winston and the trajectory of where he was going to be as a quarterback. I, I, you just didn't like the man. You didn't like him. You didn't like him. And, and any way that you can get him off the field, you didn't care how you get. You don't care if he got hurt. You don't care, like, if he would have just threw multiple interceptions, you'd get it any way you want to. Because now you've been lobbying saying, well, he's not the quarterback. If you're not the quarterback, if you don't look at the injury, don't look at the fact that D.A. just yanked him so quick, they're just going to take him any way they want to. Right. That, dude, problem, that dude deserved a second chance. And that's our problem. And a couple, two more points he's saying. I'm going to go. I know you got everybody mm-hmm. else. But real quick, the thing with the people is, and who that nation and a lot of people in, in general that listen to the media, it's like they don't do the research. It's context, baby. You got to look at the context clues. If I if I hit you, TJ, if I hit you, right, let's just say for I, I hit you, right, point you and hit you, right, mm-hmm. and you hit me and people just see you hit me. Well, and they say, oh, TJ, man, why you hitting on Chosen, man? Why you trying to bully them, man? Why, 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 why you disrespecting Chosen? You ever stop to think, well, damn, what did chose due to him to get that reaction out of him mm-hmm. we just be looking at the final product but we don't look at the stuff that, that it takes to get that we don't look at the context of it we've got to start putting stuff in context people we just look at the final thing and we just look at what's what we see in front of us we don't do our own research we lazy 
and 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 I'm a victim of it too. Sometimes we lazy. We all are, man. We don't we don't want to take accountability for the women. Want to do our own research. We just rather hear from an old talking head. Oh well, he been in the business. He got insiders. He know what's up. Nah, you don't know who know who. And another thing, cat, the cat be drilling them. Yeah, cat, cat, cat Shout out to her, man. She, mm-hmm. she see the truth. And every time he be running, and I feel like that's why Jameis probably another reason why he don't want to deal with Jameis because he know Jameis a question his authority. Anytime Jameis check Traquan Smith, his first year starting, Jameis got that mentality in me. Well, I'm not gonna put up with BS as long as I got as long as I'm in control of this thing. And I feel like him and Jameis probably been with button heads. And I feel like Jameis the type of person that a that a that a challenge DA and DA probably don't want that, so he'd rather go with Dennis Allen, a yes, a, a, a yes man who gonna do whatever and don't want no smoke. He getting his money, he know he at the latter years of his career versus Jameis, who still got something to prove, who gonna want to be risky, risky, but he know he can't install that game plan in Jameis if Jameis not signing off on it. So why deal with Jameis when I could deal with somebody who gonna do whatever I want him to do versus somebody that's gonna go against the grain. So yeah. that's all I got, TJ, bro. That's how I look at it. I feel like it's deeper than just X's and O's. I feel like it's personalities and relationships oh, that's yeah. trying to combine. That's just not meshing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. You know, I, I think there's a lot of uh like there's a lot of fire, you know. I mean, clearly there's cl- plenty of smoke, so there's a fire somewhere, but I'm pretty sure, like in this offseason, I'm I'm pretty sure Jameis Winston gonna speak candid about that. Uh, I hope he goes. You know, somewhere, you know, um, and you know, I just want to let them know, you know, if we got open forum here on the state of say podcast, you want to tell the story, you know what I'm saying? We can <laughs> look, we, we, we can talk hey, to look, you. I'm you know what I'm saying? We can let you we can let you uh you know spill the beans or talk tell your story, you know, like whatever that may be. But uh chosen, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you too. If Andy Dalton come back, it needs to be as a bridge quarterback, not the starter. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think he should come back at all. I think you can find something better than that. But there you go. All yeah, right, homie. Yeah, all right, take it easy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, um, yeah. At the end of the day, man, you can find something better than that. You know, I mean, I, I want somebody as a game. I want somebody as a baller. You know, like, nah, that that ain't it, bro. That ain't it. I mean, I, I mean. Watching the Saints offense under Andy Dalton is almost like watching paint dry. Like I, I, I seen very few plays being made here. Very few, very, very few. Now, to his defense, there were a couple plays that should have been made. You know, I think we, if we go back and look at, it, I mean, there were touchdowns that Andy Dalton uh, should have thrown that the receivers didn't catch. I'll give him that, but I just think that you can just do better than that. Um, I'm going to read a few comments, then we'll get to a real talk here. says, uh, I think Pete and D.A. made their mind up and didn't want Jameis after he went off script in the Atlanta game. Uh, I don't think they liked that at all, and uh, that cost him uh, his job. Well, I tell you what, if he didn't go off script, they wouldn't have won. <laughs> so there you go. D.A. didn't like the idea that Jameis checked him on the lie about his injury, and I think Jameis would check out of his boring plays in the huddle i mean i i just think that i mean if you tell a guy oh i you know you ain't gonna lose your spot and then all of a sudden he just ends up losing his spot that that tells me everything that i need to know right then and there like first off you ain't got no spine and like i said it goes back to the offseason when your inability to make a decision like and say it with your whole chest right and instead of 
Oh, you know, I want to be the coordinator. I want to be the coordinator. You know what? Both of you can be the coordinator, right? It's almost like, you know, you, you got two buddies, right? And man, I've been your friend since high school. Man, you man, I've been your friend since college, but we done been through everything together. Which one of us going to be your best man? You know what? Both of y'all can be my best man. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you got to make, like, you got to make a decision. Like that, that would kind of bother me. Like when guys be like, man, I got two best men. No, man, no, no, no. Pick one. One of these guys, you know, like one of these guys just not going to be happy about this situation. But I just think in, in certain things, I just think there's a lot of mountain lip service going on and, and, and very, and very little substance. And I, I feel like that's what it was. Like you can't, man, if you're going to be a head coach, you got to be real with these guys and have these tough decisions. It's going to, it's hard for a person to, you know, trust you if they know you saying one thing and doing something completely different. Uh, but we're going to go to uh, Real Talk. Real Talk, how you doing, man? What up, TJ? What up? Uh, forgive me about the uh, loudness in the background. I don't know if you can hear that or not. But um, hmm. I, I think uh, uh, you can hear me good, right? Everything good? Yeah, I, I can hear you. I can hear you, man. Okay. Um, so I think anybody that watches Dennis Allen, you know, without any biasness can see that he's not a, a good head coach. So I don't think anybody ad- uh, disagrees there. Um, but I, I do, I do see a silver lining for you guys. Um, like I hear, I hear a lot of people keep comparing him to Den- uh, comparing Dennis Allen to Sean Payton and you should, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's your guys' standard. That's, that's, that's a good thing. And, um, I think the thing that happens a lot is people start lowering their standards. And I mean, we've, I've, I've seen this with, you know, people forget what, what used to be. I, I hear this a lot with, when I talk to other people about Drew Brees and they're like, Oh, you know, Drew Brees doesn't have the biggest arm and he checks the ball down a lot. He thinks and dunks. And I'm just like, bro, you don't remember the prime Drew Brees when he was a freaking assassin down the field, like constantly, like people tend to forget things real easily. So I think, the fact that Dennis Allen is hired again can kind of be a good thing because as much as you guys don't want to like admit the, the, the franchise is not in the greatest shape right now as far as contracts and like uh, uh, salary caps and stuff like that. And I think the worst thing you can do is actually fire him and try to go get a new head coach right now because there's a few things. For one, if, if you was on the market and are looking for a coach, you wouldn't be the best job. So you'd probably end up with a coach that you guys would have to settle with for instead of the guy that you really wanted because of all the other um, job opportunities out there right now in the NFL. So that would probably you'd probably end up with a coach that wouldn't be able to move the roster or uh, hire a, a sign free agent that they would want to to make the team the way they would want to. And probably end up with something that you guys wouldn't be that happy with either. Now, that would be two coaches that you would go through. And the problem with that would be you start going from, you know, comparing Dennis Allen to Sean Payton, which, again, you should be doing, to start comparing uh, whatever the serving coaches to the coach you had after Dennis Allen or even comparing him to Dennis Allen. And then you start comparing those and you, you go from, from saying, you know, um, you know, uh, I noticed Dennis Allen was too hyped over a bad law, I mean, a bad win when, when Sean Payton would get a win and he'd be pissed because he didn't think it was good enough. And then you start comparing, going, going from those comparisons to 
Well, at least the team didn't give up on this coach, so let's give him another year or whatever. And then you start wasting years like that. So what I'm trying to say, and I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say, but the silver lining is, I, I think you could do worse than trying to hire another coach right now. Let Dennis Allen, you know, you might have, you, you, you have to bite the bullet. It is what it is. But let Dennis Allen take this coach, I mean, this team right now, you know, another year, throw it away. And then next year, you probably be better in the salary cap, have better contract situation. Then that year, when you go for a head coaching job, because I, I doubt Dennis Allen is going to last after next year. Um, then when you go for that uh, head coaching hire, you're probably in a better position. That job looks a lot more better for a, a real coach that you really want instead of settling for a coach right now because, you know, probably Mike uh, McCarthy is going to get fired. Someone's going to want that Dallas coach, uh, that Dallas job. Someone's going to want the damn uh, 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 Broncos job with, with Russell. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot more better jobs out there right now. So I think you guys would be in a way better position. And not only that, but once you hire that coach, I think you're only one coach removed from Champagne. So you'll still have that, that, um, that comparison of, well, I still remember what Sean Payton's standards were. Instead of going for that third coach, now that you're in a better situation and being like, well, now we're looking at the coach we hired after Dennis Allen, and we're looking at, the, uh, at what Dennis Allen did, and we're comparing those. Does that make any sense or no? I think that's a fair point to make, but the thing about it is I'm, I'm not in the business of just keeping somebody – like. The way the way that 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 seems like okay that's okay real talk if you have a business right you're you're a business owner okay you're a manager or what have you and you have a person that is just on the job and they not really doing the job well but they show up every day right but it, it very very little is getting done but the only thing about it is oh they show up every day like should you just keep that person on just because they they show up every day. Or, you know, like they don't ask you for a pay raise. They, like you still not, it's still going to hurt you down the line. It's still going to affect your business in some way, shape or form. By keeping Dennis Allen here, you still, you know what I'm saying? It's going to just continue to, it, it's going to make the situation even worse because it is the reality. I said this at the beginning. When you have bad, uh, bad head coach, these players know about this. So if you get yourself, like, if you can get a free agent or you can get a player that can actually come in that could be impactful, they ain't going to want to come here. And I'm not, like, the standard, like, how many coaches keep a job for 15 years? Guys like Belichick, guys like uh, Mike Tomlin, guys like Sean Payton, these guys are anomalies. Most uh, coaches stay, what, four or five years tops for a team? So regardless to... If he was to get fired, that's what I don't understand. If you have a guy who set a certain standard, if you, if you get rid of the other guy, I don't feel like that's a reflection of you. And I don't feel like that's that's um, not stability because you're getting compared to a coach that stayed in the same place for 15 years. For 15 years, this guy has been your coach. So it's not like you're unstable like you like it is not like sean payton didn't have no hardships the saints had seven and nine records like constantly back to back with him but they still kept him they still kept him on and they allowed him to work through those situations so it's because you have a certain standard that he set behind and this guy is not living up to the standard and as far as like the whole cap thing like we shouldn't like honestly i don't even really talk about that to be honest because they 
they they have done a good every every year 60 million 70 million 100 million over the over the cap and they still find a way way to be compliant they were over the cap like over 100 million dollars last year and they still made room where they can be actually be in contention to get to sean watson so i'm not concerned about that what i'm concerned yeah. about is the the stench that is coming out of you know the superdome in, in, in the city of new orleans that, that that a lot of people don't like it, it's a bad it's a bad smell and, it, and the but smell is gonna start getting worse if you keep this dude on the the difference though the difference with sean payton is when you when you guys started getting into that cap situation sean payton already had his core he already had what he, the core of the team that he needed so they moved around and did whatever they had to do to make the team better while they kept the core of that team but when you're hiring a new coach that that's not it, I doubt it's going to be the look that they want that Sean Payton had. And that's the reason why you guys had Dennis Allen from the beginning was because you already had that type of team that Sean Payton wanted. And Dennis Allen already knew the strengths and the weaknesses of that team. If you hire a different coach, they might want to change a whole bunch of things about that team. And if you hire a coach that, that wants to do that, right, which is a good thing, um, you might not be able to, to make those moves or make the changes that he needs to be able to, to be able to execute the vision he has for the team. Right. And, and like I said, it, you know, you might not care about the, the cap and all that stuff, but the head coach that wants a job, a head coaching job is going to care about that, especially a good head coach. They're going to look at the different things like, okay, what's the GM like? Am I going to work good with the GM? What's my quarterback situation looking like? Do I have a quarterback already there? Do I have to go get a quarterback? You guys don't, you guys are not settled on a quarterback yet. You guys don't have the draft capital to even go get a quarterback this year. Like there's a lot of bad, it's a bad situation to come into the Saints right now. So you're going to end up with a coach that's going to overlook that and say, I just want a head coaching job. That's not the head coach. I mean, you can get lucky. Maybe you could get lucky and, and get and, and, and hit on a coach that's desperate and, and he just happens to be something, some genius of something and you guys get lucky. But I would rather, I would rather, if I'm going to go and look for a head coach, I would rather know that whatever head coach I want is the one I'm going to get because they know that this is a good situation to come into and they're going to be able to come in here and, and do the team the, exactly the way they want to have the team shape the team exactly the way they want to shape the team and cut the, cut the fat off exactly where they want to cut it off. Cause there's no restrictions. We're, we're, you know, okay with the salary, the contracts are, you know, a lot better where we can move some things around and, and be able to do what you need to do as a head coach. Because if you're, if you're not at that situation as a franchise, then you're probably going to end up with someone that's just going to be like, yeah, yeah, I can, uh, I can, I can deal with it. I can do this. I can do that. And then it's it, like I said, it's going to be hard to hit on a coach like that. But I, but like I said, I'm just looking for a silver lining. I, if I'm a Saints fan, I'm looking at, that's how I would look at it. Like, you know what? This sucks. But the year after that, when we, when we fire him, we're going to be in a way better position because right now I'm looking at him like he's just a sacrificial lamb. Let him deal with all the bad press or whatever while we get our situation better. And then we'll really look for our real head coach. I mean, that's a fair point to make. But I look, it's, it's hard for me. And I, I, I say this. It's hard for me to sit up here and look at this situation and don't compare it to – how Sean Payton got here in the first place. Like, 
the city was under, you know, that was under siege. You know what I'm saying? Like it was one of the most, he came in during a natural disaster. Nobody wanted to come here. Nobody even knew if the New Orleans Saints was going to still be in New Orleans, but they found Sean Payton, right? The Saints didn't have a quarterback at the time. Then, I mean, they had like, you know, nobody knew Drew Brees was going to end up being who he was. Nobody even really knew who Sean Payton was at the end of the day, but they found him. And Sean Payton could have easily like been like, man, man, I don't know if this 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 team is going to stay the way that it is. I don't know if they're going to move. Like, who going to want to come here? How am I going to bring somebody in? You know, once they see half of the city, you know what I'm saying, completely wiped out, they're going to hop back on the plane and go home. But for some apparent reason, for 15 years, he has been and was the most winningest coach in New Orleans Saints history. So I know this, it looks bleak right now. You're talking about draft positionings and all that kind of stuff there. But just like how you found Sean Payton in the in the wake of a natural disaster, you ain't about to tell me like you ain't about to find somebody that would be willing to coach this football. How did Sean Payton get Drew Brees? You say how? Through free agency. He was a free agent. And would you would you guys be able to do that right now? Yeah, that the Saints can get a free agent. Yes. If you're talking about if we look that like. I, like I said, people have been using this whole salary cap thing for years. Like post Drew Brees, post Sean Payton, they still been talking about, it, and they still find ways to be in contention to get the things that they want to get. Drew Brees was like, and, and Drew Brees, just like somebody else that's probably going to come in, was like a guy you took a fly on. Drew Brees was coming off a rotator cuff surgery. Don't the only reason why the Saints got him is because Miami didn't want him. That was the Saints, and it was Miami. So all I'm saying is you're not going to find you're not going to convince me. And, you know, when I seen this happen, that if the Saints was to fire Dennis Allen, that somebody wouldn't be willing to do this. You only get you only got 32 head coaching jobs in the National Football League. Guys, if they got a a competitive spirit, if they got like they're a competitor, they're going to look at this team and be like, yeah, I can fix this. And they will because, you know, like that's that's just the way that it goes. I think we look at it from, you know, a Sean Payton standpoint, like he can name his price. He can go anywhere he want to go. A Jim Harbaugh, they can go anywhere they go because they established themselves. But a guy who is an offensive coordinator that has, uh, you know, the intentions of trying to be a really good coach, you know, they're going to come to a place like this. They're going to try to build up their resume, doing, you know, doing the little things they need to do in order to get better. That's all I'm saying. Like, I know that's that's what they try to feed us. Like, oh man, you know, nobody want to come here. But if somebody get an opportunity to be a head coach, a young person, a young guy, offensive innovator, defensive innovator, they're going to want to like give opportunity to be a head coach. I mean, no, just- yeah, of course, of course. I, I, I'm just saying, would you rather would you rather have your pick of the litter, or would you rather have someone that's like I said, desperate to go to to be a head coach? Is what I'm saying. Because you're going to get a head coach. It, you know, anybody's going to want to, yeah, I got an opportunity to be a head coach. But I would just rather be in that head coaching uh, search while I know that when I find somebody, like, for instance, the Miami Dolphins, they wanted Dable, but Dable chose to go to New York. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Dable found, you know, the situation in Miami as good, but he went, he chose New York over Miami. 
So then they got left with uh, Mike McDaniels. Now, Mike McDaniels, you know, he had the season he had in the beginning, but I think people are starting to see the reason why some people were off of Mike McDaniels, which was NFL caught up to what he was doing real fast. But that's, that's all I'm saying. Like, I, I, I agree with what you're saying as well, as far as yeah. somebody can come in if they're good enough, they can come in and do exactly what Sean Payton is. I just think the chances of that happening is, is a lot lower than – if you tried to do that, but next year, that's all. But I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I man. We, but I'm, I'm. I'll say this real talk before I let you uh, go. There's a lot of head coaches out here that we never seen before get opportunities. Like nobody really knew Brian Dayball was. Like this dude never been a head coach. Kevin McConnell. Like nobody knew who this guy was. You know what I'm saying? And and you can say what you want about Mike McDaniel, but the three guys that I just named, this is their first coaching opportunity, and they made the playoffs. So I'm just saying, like. They're diamonds in a the rough. They're going to be guys that that you probably never heard of. You know, they're, they're going to be guys, even with your squad. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how things going to end up with Ty Bowles, but they're probably going to be a guy out there that, that Tampa it probably eventually give opportunity to if Ty Bowles don't pan out. And that guy might end up being good. Like, it's about doing your due diligence as an organization. It's about, you know, taking the time out to pick that guy's brain, to see where he wants to go, to see where he sees your team going. And you try to make the best the situation. The thing about this is, I don't think that they made the best situation. I think that they were lazy and they rest on their laurels of, of, of last year and how last year ended up. Oh, we, we didn't make the playoffs because the 49ers won. And people just kind of just ran with it. And the fact that Sean Payton didn't get fired, he stepped down. So we still a good team because we didn't fire our coach, he stepped down. So it, it was a lot of you know, a lot of tongue-in-cheek type stuff. You know, yeah, they brought in Doug Peterson. Yeah, they talked to Brian Flores. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, they thinking about something else in the back of their mind trying to get through this, this process to say, I interviewed this guy so I can hire this dude. So I just think that you're probably going to do more due diligence uh, going forward because I, I feel like there's a lot of good coaches out there because somebody found Debo, and, they, and he's a good coach. Somebody found McConnell. He's looking good so far. So I just think it's going to be the same thing. But real talk... I, I- I hear you, man. I appreciate you letting me talk. And uh, one of these days, man, we gotta we gotta get on here and and talk about Jameis, bro. Because I got some stuff that you might want to hear that might explain the reason why Jameis gets treated the way he gets treated. So one of these days, bro. Okay. But I uh, appreciate you letting me talk. All right, man. Sound good, man. Actually, I, um, man, if you if you have some time, man, uh, hopefully we can get with you. You know, to see talk to you a little bit about the playoff game with your with your Bucks uh, taking on the Cowboys. So hopefully, you know, I probably, you know, I can, uh, you know, get in touch with you, man. So we can talk. Just let me know. Hit me up on Twitter on my DMs. I'm, I'm there. Okay, man. Sound good. All right. Appreciate it, Real Talk. All right. Yeah, man. Shouts out to Real Talk, man. I mean, he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan. He got a, a YouTube channel thing going on. Look, that's that's the best thing about this show. That's why we do it, man. It's not always about, you know, having the same opinion about certain situations. Sometimes we're not going to agree with things, and it's fine. You know? You know? I mean, it's fine. Sometimes you're not going to disagree. I mean, you're going to disagree with some some things a a person says, but that's what makes us that's what makes this thing so great, folks. Like, like, it's okay to have a difference of opinion. And it's not something I haven't heard before. And and it makes sense. Like, it makes sense, you know, to a certain extent. But I will say this. um, I really feel like all those Caleb Williams supporters out there, you know, you keeping D.A. on, that might that might actually be a reality. <laughs> With Dennis Allen as your head coach, we might end up getting Caleb Williams. You know, if the Saints, uh, you know, if there's any indication of how he's been coaching with the Saints, 
You might end up getting Kayla Louise. Might end up getting the, the quarterback that you always wanted. Uh, we're going to go to uh, God of Creation. Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's good? Finally, man. What's up, man? How you been? I know, man. It was a little bit long, but I, pr- I appreciate you for being patient, man. What you got for us? Oh, man. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I feel like people on D, DA's neck, I mean, hard body, like hard, hard. Which you know, just as uh, justifiably so, but I don't, I don't think it's nothing we can't get past. Reason being, if you look at how we were set up, um, DA didn't coach the offense; he coached the defense, and uh, Pete Carmichael coached the offense. As far as our play on the field went, DA wasn't all that bad because. His defensive, if you look at our defense, the defense actually got better through what it was like. What was it like? I, I think we started doing pretty good, like around week 11, week 10, if, I, if I'm mistaken. I'll, it's somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. You, defense, had eight week, you had eight weeks of uh, really good uh, defense. Right, yeah. And so if, you, if you're talking about on the – like as far as like game, like game day – he wasn't the problem as far as on the field, but you know, he, I, I don't like how he handled with Jameis that, that to me was, that was bad. I feel like Jameis could have easily had us probably, well, we won seven. He could have easily got us at least 10 in my personal opinion. Who knows? I'm, you know, I, I don't, I don't know the future, but are, you know, I, but I just think he could at least gave us like a three. There was like, there's, there were so many winnable games that I feel like if we had Jameis who, who's not Andy, who's not going to choke in the pocket and just wait to get sacked, you know, um, I feel like we could have, you know, we could have, if our offense was just a little bit better, we could have came out on top pretty easily, I think, in my opinion. I feel like we should have won both Tampa games. I feel like the um we were we were there in the 49ers game, right? Until a certain point, right? We even 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 the 49ers game we was there. If we if you look at all the times we played good offense, I think most of the time we won. Besides, I think um Earlier this season, because um, you know that first that first week, man, whoo boy, we, they was just running on us. We couldn't stop nothing. We we couldn't stop anything. But I think what Da has got to grow on is like trusting, trusting his, trusting your your decisions, man. Like if you get if you have Jameis, man, don't don't like oh man he. You know things aren't going well, and my my jaw's on the line. And you know you're shaking up and quivering up, and then now you want to throw in Andy, which resulted in nothing. Like you you switching out Andy probably hurt us more than actually helped us. Like you know, barring like you know putting you know Andy in for you know when James was injured, but not putting James back in. Um. That 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 hurt us, in my opinion. You know, he's got some flaws, but I feel like um, with a good with a good um, offensive scheme, I feel like we we we're not going to be um, as bad as people think we are. The um, 
Because, you know, the good things he did to me was at least, you know, he wasn't the most, like, um, disciplinary coach. He wasn't the most, like, hyper coach. He's like a he's like the Goldilocks coach, man. He's just just in the middle, you know, not too high, not, you know, not too uh, low. Um, Imagine you fed know, D.A. to some porridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, you know, he – he, I feel like he succeeded in having a good defense this year, good draft. Uh, you know, even though people might crap talk uh, him, I feel like there are things he's done well. Um, you know, I, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I wouldn't be too against, you know, moving on. I'm just like right there in the middle. I'm not, you know, he's not the best. He's not the worst in my opinion. Um, He's just – I feel like what could help him more is somebody uh, that has a lot of experience with offensive schemes, and that and that's a good uh, offensive coach. And I feel like we can pick things up. And this – hopefully this next year we can have that and, you know, see what he really is because, you know, if we go into next season, we do have a good offense and our defense looks bad – and things still can't, you know, click, then it's like, okay, yeah, the DAU is not that guy. We know for sure it's not – you can't blame this, you can't blame that. But in in my opinion, I feel like just giving him a good offense because offense didn't help us out. We saw with the Panthers game, defense stopping, 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 stopping. Oh, guess what? Offense three and out, three and out, three and out. Oh, get a little drive, good, stop. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's those type of things that I feel like people aren't, like, they're blaming that more on D.A. than actual Pete Carmichael, the one actually calling the plays, you know what I'm saying? Not, you know, and to reiterate, not saying D.A. was perfect, but I feel like there's things that people are blaming um, and putting it on him that aren't his fault as far as, you know, offensive field things go, you know. But like I said, um he messed up with the Jameis thing. Um, you know, he's not the he, he's not disciplinary. That's something he's got to work on. He, you know, just because you know a player is you know AK or Michael Thomas, even though he didn't play, but you know what I mean. Uh, you can you gotta hold them to an accountability. Matter of fact, you gotta hold them to a higher standard because of the person they are. And I feel like those things he just needs to get work. You know, he needs to work on. It, and if he works on that, I feel like he'll be fine, you know. But, yeah, I, I really don't think, you know, it's as bad. But, who you know, who knows? You know, maybe I could just be given benefit of the doubt. But I just think we just need an offense. I mean, look, that, that's a fair assessment. You know, God of creation. I mean, look, that, that that's – I mean, that's fair. You know, I, I look, I, I just think that I, – I know people are trying to – give this dude, you know, some props because of the defense. But it is more like if he were just coaching defense, and I said this, if he were just mm-hmm. coaching defense, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Like this mm-hmm. dude, Peter Bryce, right. like how he's been over the last, like, five, six years he's been the coordinator. Right. Like nobody would have an issue. Nobody would have a problem with him at all. But here's the reality. You're not just a coordinator. You're head yeah. coach. So if the offense isn't running effectively, it's mm-hmm. because of – it's because of you. 
If, if, if the special teams aren't doing what they're supposed to do, it's because of you. If the team doesn't have any accountability, it's because of you. If God right. is content and can and can place it in their positions, and they feel like, well, you know, I'm I can fumble, but I'm gonna be here next week. That's on you. So it's the it's the it's it's not so much about the defensive side of the ball. If this was the just that's it, then we wouldn't be talking. Right. But right. about the overall presentation of this. Yeah, it was like luster. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. could My- I mean, and I, I, I say this and I'll let you uh, uh, speak. Um, mm-hmm. If you get yourself an offensive coordinator, I'm kind of, you know, I've thought about that. And that's fair. Like, I, I okay, right. defense looked good towards the end of the season. They look, you know what I'm saying? Like, he got the defense rolling. Okay, fair enough. If you get yourself an offensive coordinator, you okay. What what type of offensive coordinator are we talking about? Are we talking about getting somebody that's like you know a Sean Payton type offensive guy? Are we talking about a guy that that's that's young and you know an offensively innovative? Like, are you going? I think so. Yes, man. Like, but but at the end of the day, okay, your offense can improve, but we know that these NFL teams there there's a fine line between a win and a loss. Like the worst team in mm-hmm. NFL beat the best team in the NFL. So what happens when it's nip and tuck, when the game is on the line and you really have to make those decisions? God, crazy. And that's what I've been concerned about, man. When he's oh, yeah. nip and tuck, yeah, you, not you, been you, the right decisions, man. Yeah, you, you're right. And, 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 and that's a fair point. I, I'll say that that's one thing he was terrible with is his, his, um, and, and, you know, like I said, if he, if he is, you know, since he's the head coach, he's got to tell you know Pete Carmichael and be like, "Nah, man, we we got we got to change something up." You know, but you're right. He he does like, got to like put his foot down. Create, yeah, he, right. Yeah. He he doesn't, and so I I feel like, um, yeah, you you completely right, and I, I feel like when when it comes to those nip and tuck games, um, we had a lot of them. And, yeah, and like you said, man. We the reason why we went seven and ten is because we didn't make the right decisions. Uh, you know, we had the players. You know, players are fine, but you know, w- when whenever your team is, you know, causing fumbles and turning the ball over, right. making silly mistakes when right. crucial times call for it, then yeah, that's on DA, and yeah. I, that's a fair point. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm. You know, what I'm saying I'm not. I'm not gonna make no excuses, man, because I. Like I was, I was heated, man. I was, especially I was. when I, when he, um, you know, started James keep keep starting Andy Dalton. I was like, man, you know, I don't know, you know, what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that at all, man. That 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 don't that that didn't make no sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like no, I it, said, it didn't make a, a sense to a lot of people, man. But all all I'm saying is like that, that's a fair point. And what you what you said earlier about what happens if they bring in a, a guy that can give you a little bit more than what Pete Carmichael gave you, right? Mm-hmm. What what happened? Like, I, I, look, that's a fair, that's a fair point. Like, can that offensive coordinator come in and, and give you like you know more results, better results? Uh, you know, be able to push the field, uh, be able to think outside the box. Uh, you know, not being not playing afraid, like. Can you bring somebody in that can do that? And that that, mm-hmm. that could be intriguing, you know. To me, 
I just think opposites attract. Like you can say whatever you mm. want to say about Greg Williams. I know on his way out it looked bad, but him and Sean Payton did not get along. They did not like each other. But guess what? That man can coach the hell out some defense, and Sean Payton can coach the hell out some offense. And guess what? They got a Super Bowl in the deal. So right. it, it can't be about it, it can't be about your feelings and all that kind of stuff. And oh, oh sure. we can we can go out and we can we can drink coffee together, have a beer together. Like I don't care about that, right? If this guy is good at his job, I, I feel like this, man. You've seen from time to time, you've seen Sean Payton going at Dennis Allen, yelling and screaming at him on the sidelines, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like, I feel like if you don't have that type of dynamic from time to time, I don't want right. you as a coordinator. Like, I don't you know, know, how many times you, did you see, how, how many times you seen Dennis Allen looking, you know what I'm saying, looking away at P. Carmichael? I, I ain't never man, seen him. but not one. Not one. <laughs> I ain't never seen him. That's all I'm saying. Like, you, you should. Like, how many times we've seen Sean Payton turn his head? Like, if a special uh, special teams player give up a play, he looking at. Oh, uh, man. Like, uh, if a defensive play, you know, player give up a play, he looking at he looking at Dennis Allen. Like, right. come on, man, like, you, you got to have a coach that's going to be able to put, you know what I'm saying, light a fire with some, uh, on, under somebody, man. And that's something right. that missing but gotta create you got anything else man uh got a few more calls i gotta get to oh yeah one last thing mm-hmm. um you know for you know for his coaching style do you think right now you know do you think these things are do you think he can work on them are these things that he can look back on and mm-hmm. be like man i need i can fix this i need to fix this you know these or like because you know I feel like a lot of these things we say he needs to do, you 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 expect that from like a Mike Tomlin type dudes with a lot of years under their belt, right? Right. And so I'm saying, can do you think he would be able to, you know, um, you know it, you know, kind of reel that in next year? Do you think it's possible he these things are things he can work on, or do you think it just has to do with his personality? Hmm. I think there's like you are who you are, you know. It, like if you, if he come in in 2023 and he giving speeches like Kirby Smart did against, you know, saying <laughs> that national championship game, like, whoa, man, what, what the heck going on here? Like that ain't that ain't him. I just think that guy's going to see through that. But if we're talking about things that you know you need to be meticulous about, and he improves on that, then I don't think that anybody would have a problem or anybody would have an issue with that. Like, I just feel like you you wouldn't have uh, any type of issue with that, you know, because that's, that's those are some things that you indeed have to work on. Um, but if he comes in there trying to be a completely different person, guy's going to see right through that. And it's going to be a rough season, man. But I, I, I appreciate the call, man. Thank thank you so much for your time. And yeah, I'll call thank you. Time, man, it's been a while since I heard from you. It's good to hear yeah. from you. Yeah, of course, man. Seven and ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ain't, no, ain't much to talk about. I, I understand right. that. But call back anytime, man. Thank you. Of course, man. Yep. Yeah. Thank Take, you. Yeah, man. God of creation, man. It's been a while since I heard from my guy, man. But I'm glad, glad to see that he's doing good. Glad to see that he's, uh, you know, man, he's in good spirits and stuff like that, man. It's, it's good to, like, hear from people, you know, you or see people in the chat uh, that you, you know, you didn't really hear from. Um let me read a, a few comments. Um, unfortunately, I just got a message, man. I actually have to uh, wrap this show up in the next five five minutes, man. So what I do is uh, I, I'll take these last two calls, 
Uh, and then we'll just go ahead and wrap it up. But I gotta, I gotta do something in the next five minutes. I'm gonna go to Sanchez. Sanchez, how you doing, man? Sanchez, are you there? All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Money Mick. Money, how you doing, man? Hey, good. TJ, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. What you got for us? Hey, man, I know you're pressing for time, but I got to discipline some of these Saints fans, man, that's losing <laughs> their minds. Okay. Mm -hmm. I come got? here to preach the gospel today. Mm -hmm. All right, real quick. Um, mm -hmm. As I said earlier, when, you know, the, the last couple times we talked, DA is not it. Um, this is not something that we just saying just because we hate the guy or anything like that. Um, I've heard Saints fans compare DA seven wins to um, that streak between 2014 to 2016 when Sean was, you know, having those back-to-back -back 79 seasons. The difference is Sean was a proven winner, man. Um, Sean came out the gate with a lesser roster in 2006 and got the Saints all the way to the NFC Championship. So it's mm -hmm. blasphemy to think that, <laughs> that, that, that they're on the same level for one. For right. two, um, all these Saints fans that are scared, um, basically saying, well, if you get rid of Dennis Allen, then the defense is going to be terrible. Then the defense, man, it has nothing to do. You, I, It's easier to replace a defensive coordinator than it is to, to find a quality head coach. Um, and it's not that we're being unfair. All those years that Sean was, was an offensive mind, we got on to Sean about not having good defenses. We still get on Sean now. Um, for that lack of side of the ball. And the reason being is because he runs the show at the end of right. the day. He makes the final decisions. You know, you said it yourself. You work in management. It, it's almost like people are judging DA and saying, well, that's not his specialty. Man, who cares? You're the head coach. You make the final saying things. I, I don't even blame, you know, even though Pete was going to get ready to, to step down, air quotes, um, really fired. I can't really blame Pete Carmichael for something that, he really, he didn't want. And at the end of the day, it's, it's Dennis Allen's job to have that leadership to say, okay, hey, we're going to switch it up. I, I personally, man, would have put Doug Marone in there, but that's just me, just to try to be a little bit innovative, you know. Um, but I will say this, final thought, just something I wanted to get off my chest. The same Saints fans that are saying keep Dennis Allen are the same Saints fans that will tell you that Derek Carr is not a good quarterback. And basically, they don't look at any kind of basis for their arguments or anything like that statistically, um, you know, the man is, man, more than a serviceable quarterback. I, I know that was a debate that you had on um, on one of your last couple shows. Yeah, I'm sorry, Money Mick. Uh, somebody uh, walked in, man. I, I caught the last. Can you ask your question again? No, no, no. I said the last, the last thing, one of the last things I will say, the same Saints fans that are saying, the same Saints fans that will tell you that Dennis Allen, just give him a chance. He's the answer. As much as we've seen this guy literally checked out on the sideline, literally you can tell on his face he's over over his head. Mm -hmm. The same Saints fans that will say give Dennis Allen another chance are the same Saints fans that will tell you that Derek Carr is not a serviceable quarterback. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's no basis, no no basis for their arguments, no, you know. So that's all I wanted to say, man. I appreciate it, man, you know, as, as usual. Yeah, look, I, all I, I, before you go, man, like I agree with what you're saying. You know, I, I just think that I, I don't understand it. Like, how can you watch a guy as mediocre um, as Andy Dalton has been? Um, guys about as mediocre as, as Trevor Simeon was. Like, all these guys that have come through, and we just feel like, yo, you know, like, man, Derek Carr, like, man, we don't need, like, come on, man. Like, you telling me that you weren't 
take Derek Carr like over Andy Dalton or over Trevor Simeon. Like, man, give me a freaking break. Those are yeah. the, those are the type of people, in my opinion, you talk about delusion. Those are the type of fans that are delusional about the state of the Saints, no pun intended, where they are right now. Like this this team needs a quarterback. And if you can get yourself a veteran signal caller and you combine him with a guy that's an offensive coordinator that knows what he's doing, like this guy can make plays. Like say what you want to say about Derek Carr, but Derek Carr has 14 game-winning drives under his belt throughout the last four seasons. Can mm-hmm. Andy Dalton say that? No, he cannot. What what a, yeah. what a game-winning drive that Andy Dalton facilitated? Somebody please tell me. 67 of his passes that he completed. And like I said, I'm not trying to poo-poo on Andy Dalton. He did what he did his best, right? You know what I'm saying? It, it, like that's that's who Andy Dalton is. But all I'm saying is, where's the game-winning drives? Where yeah. where is the like where is the play that was like, man, you know what? Man, that Andy Dalton, the truth. Where's that play? I can think of one play, Money Mick. I, I promise you, there was one play. It was against the Minnesota Vikings when he threw that 35-yard pass on a road to Chris Olave that set up that long field goal by Will Lutz. That's probably was the best play, the best pass that I seen Andy Dalton throw. Like, to, to be honest with you, like that's the one play. Like I can say, okay, but besides that, it's been few and far in between. So yeah. these people out here that's lobbying for him, like, what are you lobbying for? Are you lobbying for mediocrity? Are you lobbying for lame duck? Are you lobbying? Like, what are you doing? Like, I yeah. want to get better. Like, if if I, look, I'm going to go over what I have. Like, you ever been outside, you ever been working and stuff like that, and you're working out in the yard, and all of a sudden, like, the, the tool that you're using break, then all of a sudden, like, you kind of put a little makeshift uh, tool together. You know what I'm saying? You're going to make it work, but eventually, you're going to have to take your tail to Lowe's and replace what you just broke. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm working with it right now, but I'm not trying to work with it forever. And that's what people yeah. are trying to do. Oh, it worked. Oh, is it, it work? Like, like you, you're putting a square peg into a round hole, in my opinion. That's, that's what you're doing with Andy Dog. You're trying to make him work. You're trying to make yeah. him something more than what he is. And you can find something better than that. It's exactly. You find something better than that, man. You got anything else, bro? Exactly. One more thing before I go, man. One huge thing. To anybody who says, like, somebody like Derek Carr ain't it, I urge you, TJ, I went to school. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge business guy, huge statistics guy. This is what I went to school for. Mm-hmm. And stats don't always tell you, you know, don't always tell you the full story, but it does tell a story. If you go pull up Derek Carr's stats, compare him to Kirk Cousins, compare him to Dak Prescott's, and I think both of those guys are, are serviceable quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He has better stats than them, or at least identical. And if you pull up Drew Brees' stats between 2006 to 2010, like when, when Drew first got here, Right. Literally almost almost darn near identical, man. Um, but one thing I want to point out to all these Saints fans that are saying, well, just give D.A. this piece. If he gets a great offensive mind, if he gets this, if he gets that, then it's going to work. I would say that, yeah, that'll be true. But, T.J., that's not sustainable, man. And no. you know what I mean? That for, for a long period of time, because, like, you know, you've been around the game for a long time. The NFL is constantly evolving, man, and it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be times where, as a head coach, you're going to have to make those decisions and you know, do different things. So, I mean, you may get one good season and then we back down to hell again. And you know? then on top of that, look, it, like you said, you talk about the game evolving. A lot of coaches, I mean, a lot of owners, what they looking for? Offensive coaches. So if you get a hot yep. shot offensive coordinator and he and he has the Saints playing at a high level, what do you think going to happen to him? He's gone within two years. Exactly. He's gone within two years. Look at, the Lions, look at the Lions offensive coordinator. He had two jobs. He had two job interviews like, you know, like he got lined up to possibly become the head coach, head coach of the uh, the coach 
and a head coach of the Texans. We see how good the Lions offense was, so that's what happened. Yep. So you got to be prepared for that. So we'll, we'll see, man. But uh, Money Mick, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it, man. And, uh, yeah, man, I think a lot of people, like, based on the chat and what I'm looking at, a lot of people agree with what you're saying. I definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying. I just think that, you know, people just got to – man, like – I ain't trying to – I'm not trying to temper my expectations. I'm not trying to fit in your world. I'm just not. I'm not trying to make this thing work. If it don't work, it don't work. So why are we trying to sit up here and try to make it work? But uh, I, I appreciate the call, man. Hey, thank you, bro. You have a good one. All right, you too. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm not in a business trying to make something work that ain't there. That ain't there. Um, yeah, that, that that ain't it. That ain't it. You you shouldn't do it. Like, I'm talking about life in general. Like, don't 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 – don't change your expectations to try to fit somebody else's. Like if you have high expectations, don't try to minim minimize your high expectations to try to fit in the world with somebody else. I ain't trying to do that. I ain't trying to make nobody work that ain't working. Like Andy Dalton, yeah, he's serviceable. You know, the key word is serviceable. Like, can you get more? Can you get more than what Andy Dalton gave you with a with a quarterback? Let, let's just keep it like people like man, he he had one another year into the system. You get a quarterback in free agency, you get a quarterback in the draft, and you get this guy to go through OTAs, minicamp. If he's a rookie, rookie minicamp. You get him going through all these different things. You're telling me that you can't prepare him for the season, right? If you like, regardless, here's, the, here's also what a lot of people aren't paying attention to. It's more, it's more likely that the Saints are going to get a new offensive coordinator. So, guess what comes with a new offensive coordinator? A new playbook. So regardless if Andy Dalton is here, in regards to if Jameis Winston comes back, they're all going to have to fall in line and learn a new playbook. So this whole Andy Dalton, oh, if he, he gets another year under his belt, not if you get a new coordinator. So you can find something better than that. You can find something better than that, folks. Expecting Dennis Allen to be a good head coach is, is like trying to cover a spot on a white wall with a shell paint. Oh, who that nation of Bucks had so many problems besides the quarterback, bad kicking game, bad defense, no good running game. The whole team was playing bad football and they didn't have a, a winning mentality. Yeah, but they found their way into the playoffs because, you know, they had they had uh, Tom Brady in certain situations. I call in another day, TJ, everyone who called in on this day. Yeah, I mean, everybody, uh, they had some good calls, man. And I like the fact that a lot of people put some things on everybody's mind. And I like how the chat kind of blew up when certain people said things they didn't agree with, they didn't agree with. That's good stuff. Like, I mean, it, it's all about commentary at the end of the day. You don't have to agree with what you're saying. I mean, what a person is saying. But, I mean, that's, like I said, that's what makes us different. Uh, it won't be a Tecmo, Bowl, a Tecmo Super Bowl playbook. Uh, we can tell you that. Well, <laughs> said, yo, Hood, 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 hood. You know, like when you be playing, uh, you be playing Tecmo Bowl, and you know you don't snap the ball. He'll just be saying, hood, 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 hood. <laughs> Ready, down. Hood, 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 hood. <laughs> oh man, some of the young people are like, man, what is Tecmo Bowl? But man, that was hilarious. Like you, your mama call you and something like that. You ain't even have to press pause. Like there was no play clock. Nothing, right? Be like, boy, come in here and wash them dishes. Like, dang, it's gonna take about 10 minutes. That man been saying, hut, you been saying, hood, 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 hood. Come back. 
Oh man. <laughs> oh man, those were the days right there, man. But <laughs> but thank y'all so much for checking out uh, the State of the Saints podcast on the State of the Saints podcast network. Uh, once again, for those that just uh, tuned in. Uh, we're no longer just the State of the Saints podcast. This YouTube channel is the State of the Saints podcast network. We're not only going to be doing State of the Saints podcast exclusively on this network anymore. We're going to be putting out other content. Coming up this week uh, will be a uh, the premiere of the NFL show. That's going to be on uh, this Saturday during Wild Card Weekend. Hope everybody uh, joins in for that. Um, we're also going to be uh, doing a therapy couch. That's going to be premiering once again on this channel. Uh, I want to say probably by the end of the day. All right. So uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to live stream that one or not, um, but keep it locked right here to the State of Saints podcast network uh, YouTube channel. Um, I'll let you know. But like I said, we're going to have different content on here. Uh, we're going to be coming out with different podcasts. And like I said, once these get together, I would I would love to like you know start like helping other people like start their own podcast and and build on some things that they may be interested in, but that'll be later on down the line. But we're going to be adding two new podcasts to the to this channel. Um, I know some people just want to you know hear about the Saints. That's fine, uh, but we're going to be giving other content for individuals that may be interested in hearing something a little bit different. All right, uh, shouts out to everybody that actually chimed in today. Uh, shouts out to everybody that commented uh, in the chat. Really do appreciate that. Uh, previous episodes are available um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. Uh, check out the Facebook page, facebook.com, search The State of the Saints Podcast Network. And also, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TJAYJones8. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>